Hello and welcome to the Logcast. This is the 24th episode of season three. I am your host, Jeff Perez, and I am joined by our faithful co-host, Kev. Faithful, eh? I won't call me that faithful. Yeah, semi-faithful, maybe. Although I'm more faithful than David, clearly. Where the hell's he gone? Oh, well, unfortunately, Dave's been having some internet issues this morning and hasn't been able to keep his... I don't know, modem, router on. So uh, he won't be able to make this week's episode, unfortunately, because it was a pretty fun one we had planned. Um, we might be able to add his contributions to it in post or on the comments. So we'll go from there. But anyway, beyond that, how you doing, Kev? I'm doing very well, actually. Uh, I'm really excited because uh, today is pizza day. Which means nice. I get to have pizza later. It's my one easy day of the week because I'm doing. I'm eating pretty well lately. Clay sort of encouraged me to go a little bit more, a bit more healthy. Uh, but yeah, tonight uh, when we're done recording, it's uh, the first part of the Doctor Who finale. So I'm going to be watching that with a 14-inch pizza, large fries, garlic mayo dip, dude. It's it's going to be amazing. Nice. Sounds excellent. Yes. Yes. Well, good deal. Um, With that, we can kind of jump into our weekly what's been happening, what's going on. Uh, So if you want to go ahead and kick that off with what you've been playing. Yeah, sure. Um, Okay, so this week I have been playing, uh, as always, I've been playing Magikarp Jump, although to a much lower extent because, you know, I finished the the main quest, as I said last week, and... um, I'm kind of just like grinding just to unlock all the extra bits and bobs. Uh, I started playing, I think I mentioned last week, I was sort of touching Pokemon Go again a little bit. Uh, this week, there's been the big new update with the gym overhaul and the raids and everything. So yeah, I actually, I went out for probably the first time in about five months specifically to play Pokemon Go this week. Nice. So yeah, that was fun. And I mean... Is it is it fun? Like I haven't played the update. Right, yeah, so the thing is, uh, I don't think they'll ever recapture that feeling of like the first two weeks of Pokemon Go. I think that's just impossible to recapture. But this new gym system is pretty fun. It makes you feel like you're not wasting your time so much. Uh, it, you know, you can contribute even if the gym's full. Uh, as well as training, you can like feed berries to friendly gym members. So, uh, hmm. yeah, it's it's good fun. Uh, I haven't taken part in any raids yet, but I don't think they'll start until July. So, um, okay. yeah, it's, uh, it's worth checking out again if, you, you know, if you're in the city or whatever anytime soon. Just yeah. to maybe throw it on. Um, I had a quick look at Sonic 1 on the Sega Forever service for Android. Well, you know, I've completed Sonic 1 a hundred times, so I didn't really play it too long um i was playing tony hawk's pro skater 3 for the n64 for a different podcast and i also tried out the gamecube version as well just to compare because that's the version i grew up with are you Mm -hmm. familiar with tony hawk 3 yeah i had the gamecube version you like it oh that was i think that's my favorite one i think tony hawk 3 for the gamecube is my favorite yeah i love it I was talking to Clay about it a few days ago, funnily enough, and uh, I told him that I think two is my personal favorite, but three is probably the best overall game. Yeah. So. Uh, and yeah, I I would probably feel that way had I played two, you know, before and and had it been part of my experience, but for whatever reason, I went from one to three. Um. So with that experience and then going on to four and then the fifth, sixth and seventh ones. Um, I think three is definitely my favorite. So it's a good, good one. Four was good, but it kind of started getting wonky. They tried to add things that they weren't very good at and they just came across as like forced and not very polished. So yeah. 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 (laughs) Anyway. Uh, and yeah, I would have been playing Xbox, but my Xbox broke this week. So that was good fun. Uh, that sucks. I think it's a network card issue because basically it won't pick up any wireless networks. So I could still use the box. I just couldn't do anything online. Um, mm-hmm. I tried a bunch of fixes and then our lovely, lovely friend David suggested you should try like 
rebooting to factory settings. So I did that and now I'm locked out because to to install the Xbox for the first time, you need to connect to the internet, which I can't do. So I'm stuck on a loop. That's uh, such a bummer. Yeah, bless him. I don't think he thought about that, but it's it's not his fault. Well, yeah, I wouldn't have thought that either. Yeah, so, I would have suggested the same thing. Right. So uh, I rang a lovely person at Microsoft Support, and they actually offered free repairs. Uh, they emailed me a shipping label. I've still got to send it off, actually. I've been so busy. But yeah, I, li- I literally box it up myself, throw the shipping label on, email them, and they send someone from like UPS or whoever will come to my house, pick it up, and I will get another one f- for free. Uh, they they nice. say they'll repair that one, but i got a friend who works uh, not for Microsoft, but he works in some kind of thing related to warehouse console repairs or something like that. I told him about it, and he said, yeah, they'll literally just send you a refurbished Xbox. Mm-hmm. You know, Even if they can fix my old one, they'll immediately yep. send it, so I'll get it You know, straight away. Yep. That's what they did for me with my 360, yeah. Right. Okay, anyway, um, what about you, dude? What have you been playing? Uh, Kind of the usual suspects to a degree, the the Rocket League. Um, Actually been playing a lot of Minecraft recently, which I didn't include in the notes. But um, my my brother and I, he just finished his first year at at uni, as you guys would say, at college, as we say here. Um, and he's home for the summer and so we've been playing minecraft together we've got a world that we've been working on since last summer it's pretty sweet i know minecraft's not your favorite game but we've put tons of hours into it so it's it's looking pretty awesome i've got a lot of respect for minecraft i just personally i've never found it to to really grab me i can't really get into it but i don't i don't i don't have any problem with it i think it's great for what it is it's just not my thing fair enough question for you then in that regard have you have you played co-op on survival online or anything nah dude nothing like that i just used to play it on pc like five years ago yeah did you always have it on creative where you could like fly and just put whatever you want uh i tried both modes but uh it was mostly on creative okay if if that's the case i would suggest giving it another shot in creative not on creative in survival and and with somebody um because that's what got me hooked at first i was kind of like yeah this is okay this is fun but like once i started doing that the whole you have to work for it you have to mine to earn the blocks to place rather than just having infinite inventory and then um just the challenge that you can't fly that you have to like either build scaffolding or you know whatever it it becomes so much more rewarding that way so that's how i got into it anyway um so I've been playing a lot of that and then uh, finally booted up Assassin's Creed 3 this week, which was on Games with Gold not too long ago. And that's my first time playing that and I'm just a couple missions into it. It's it's pretty fun. I I don't have any complaints yet. I'm, a lot of people say it's not great, but um, we'll see. Well, how far then, are you s- into it? Like what, which memory sequence? Very... Two, I guess. I don't know. I, I got off the ship. I'm in Boston, and I did the first mission in Boston. Okay, all right. I won't say too much then. Okay, yeah, I don't. <laughs> uh, pretty much what I did is I finished up to the point where the game stopped forcing me into missions, where I could just right, free roam yeah. for the first time. Yeah. And I just went around and murdered red coats for like an hour. So. Yeah, well, that's always good. Yeah. Damn oppressors. Fourth of July is coming up. <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> All right. Uh, Forza Horizon 3. Also been playing that just a little bit here and there. I still and need then... to I still need to play that, dude. It's it's still sealed on my shelf. Oh, you have it? I didn't realize you had it. Yeah, dude. I, I, I got <laughs> it because uh, when I got my 4K TV, I got a new mm. Xbox One S and it yeah. came with like a bunch of free games. So Okay. Is it it's really fun. Playing? Yeah. Um how how much do you like racers? I quite like racers. Um, okay. I played quite a bit of Forza Horizon Two, and I like I kind okay. it kind of felt like a realistic Diddy Kong racing to me because it's kind of like an yeah. adventure racer. Hmm. Yeah, an open an open world. Exactly. Uh, three is just like that, but I don't know. People say it's like infinitely better. I I would say it's definitely better. Um. Apparently the DLC, yeah, like, I mean, just the core of it feels very similar to the second one as far as kind of the mission structure and, and how you progress and level up and expand your Horizon Festival. It's it's all fine and fun, um, but I hear the Hot Wheels DLC is like 
some of the most fun there is, which is really weird mixing because like Forza is typically more realistic. Horizon's a little more arcadey than just regular Forza, but it's still still pretty realistic. So it's interesting to me that they went for Hot Wheels and you know loops loops and upside down stuff. So um, I don't know. I've been enjoying it though. Uh, I've been playing it. I've probably put gosh at least 10 hours into it already and it's i'm still unlocking stuff and expanding and exploring the world i've only probably explored like a third of the world at this point so um and i just i love that you can literally drive anywhere and there's no load times you just kind of keep driving and yeah um it's pretty sweet uh and then lastly yesterday i booted up gta grand theft auto san andreas um on mobile and pc just kind of playing with that was trying to get my Xbox controller to work with uh, my iPhone, which it wouldn't. Uh, I got it to work with my Windows phone, so I was playing it on that. But then that specific game, for whatever reason, did not support it. So <laughs> I ended up playing it on PC for, I don't know, like half an hour. And when I originally got it in 2005, I guess, when it came out on PC, I think it was like spring of 05, um, I played it on PC and they've literally the windows store version of it they've literally changed the button mapping from the original and i'm not really sure why i i guess they just kind of realized the progression of the industry or something or i, I don't know i i can understand why some of the changes were like it used to be to for example like bicycle faster you had to tap w like tap 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 to go to pedal yeah um whereas in this newer version you just hold it down and you go full speed so I don't know if that was just a complaint. Um, they changed the e-brake to like right mouse. And I used to, always, I'm wondering if I custom mapped it, but I always had it mapped to the space bar. Um, and just other stuff like that, like E or F used to be get in and out of cars and it's now tab. So uh, weird stuff. I, I just can't play GTA with a keyboard full stop. I've, I've tried, yeah. but uh, sorry, dude. Okay. No, and, and that's fine. And I that's how I first experienced it with GTA 3 was on PC. So like I got used to it. Um, I do now prefer the controller and I've done four and five on, on Xbox. But um, your muscle memory kind of just takes over when you go back to something you knew. Uh, at okay. least something that you played as much as I did. And I just <laughs> I was like really fighting myself to Re- play it. Remind me, I can't remember because I had Vice City on the PC. Um, mm-hmm. Do you... Do the guns have mouse aiming? Yes. Oh, right. Okay. In that case, I think for those earlier titles, it might actually be worth... It was so much style. better. Yeah. It was so much easier to shoot and like really, you know, like headshot every shot. It was so much better. I mean, I guess the um, perfect setup would probably be um, controller for driving and keyboard mouse for, you know, yeah, walking I would. and shooting. I would think so because the analog steering would be great because yeah. <laughs> digital steering is a pain in the ass. I'll <laughs> say that. Um, but in those older games, it wasn't as big of a deal. The finesse wasn't really needed um, as much as it is now because right. the physics. But yeah, it. Uh, I don't know. I played all three of the. I guess they call it the classic trilogy now. The the three Vice City and San Andreas. I played all three of them on PC originally. So like they call um, it the GTA Three trilogy because they were okay. sort of you know yeah separate but related, but not really. Um, Anyway, so long-winded answer, but that's what I've been playing. Okay. Awesome. Uh, Yeah, with that, we can go ahead and jump on into the news of the week. (laughs) All right, and so just a few news items this week, and uh, we'll kind of just kick it off with the kind of follow-up from e3 see if thieves did win several awards from the show um three specifically that they've highlighted on their social media channels by retweet or whatever um they got the xbox game of show from hardcore gamers which i'm not really familiar with that publication or site or whatever it is but it's pretty cool um game informer which is a little more well known they got best cooperative game of e3 and then ign granted them best xbox game of e3 which is pretty that's a pretty major honor i think um to beat out some of the other ones that were shown or you know um i i think that's great for the team and it's always good to win stuff at e3 because it generates buzz for the launch of the game 
Yeah, definitely. Uh, I think it's obviously it's not quite as many as awards as they got last year, but right. I mean, it's always going to be diminishing returns when you return to the same show with the same game. No matter exactly. how more advanced it is, you know, you're never going to quite mm-hmm. capture that same feeling. So, but it's good they've hold on to it. I mean, the number of games I've seen in the past return to E3 and get completely ignored because they've already been there before. So right. I'd say Sea of Thieves is uh, looking like it's on a good critical trajectory so far. It seems like it seems like every single person that plays it likes it. I don't know that I saw any like negative write-ups about it because you know you you do get negative write-ups out of e3 about you know different games but um everything i saw was like this is so much fun and it's really hard to convey to people how fun it is but take our word for it um like ign on their xbox podcast this week they were kind of talking about that one of the guys hadn't played it um whereas the other one had like played it last year and like loved it and and the the first guy who hadn't played it he was like you know i just couldn't take your word for it he's like i know you were telling me how awesome it was but it just looked kind of boring he goes but once you're on that ship and and you you know are are frantically trying to do two or three different tasks to get the thing going and and watching out for this and not crashing into rocks like he goes it's just so much fun yeah and, and i would I, agree with that. i, I like, said to so, so many hard. people it really is you have to play it to get it yeah you know like um I, I've got a friend, uh, Dwayne. Well, oh, he's been on the show before. Everyone knows Dwayne. Um, he, uh, you know, I keep telling him to sign up for the uh, alpha testing on the website. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, he said, well, let me just play your version. And we're like, well, unfortunately, we can't do that because we all signed a, um, you know, NDA. So he's like, mm-hmm. oh, well, I'll just play it when it comes out. And I was like, no, dude, you need to try out the alpha now. It's so good. And it's really hard to convey, like like I just said, you know, I think you have to play it to get it. And uh, yeah, yeah. Sorry, that so. thought that kind of went round in a circle, but yeah. No, no, I mean, it's true. And actually, interestingly enough, talking with Dave of, of everyone who's played it, you know, he's the one that's probably the least, um, I don't want to say enthusiastic, like he's still enthusiastic for it, but I think he's just wanting a little bit more than what's in the alpha and and i don't know if and i wish he was on the show to kind of discuss this but like i don't know if it's just that it's lacking the full feature set and he's just not really wanting to play it as an alpha or if it's that it's you know not up his alley or kind of a combination of the both which is kind of what i feel it is um but hopefully you know there's some stuff that I think they're adding kind of things that they talked to us about during our visit last year um, that I think will really sway him, sway him the other way. Um, so we'll see. I, you know, it's, there's still plenty of time that, you know, it comes out next early next year sometime. Um, so there's plenty of time to add stuff. Like just the amount of stuff they've added since December is, is almost mind boggling. Um, Knowing that they have a prototype and a lot of those things were kind of already in progress before they were brought over kind of helps make it understandable how it's happened. But it's very impressive nonetheless, um, especially the E3 build with how much they added to that. Yeah, totally. Anyway, you want to go ahead and jump over to the next topic? Right, yeah. So um, Rare's weekly Sea of Thieves video, obviously they always do one every week. Uh, this week it was the E3 trailer, but without the narration which uh yeah i watched it through and uh, it's it's still it's cool but it's cool that the options there but i personally think it you know works best with the narration so yeah i, I agree i won't it's, revisit this version yeah i i wanted just the score of it and mostly just the last part the the rainy ship battle part but with just the music um this was close to that without you know without having the narration but you still got all the sound effects and and stuff so um it's an interesting idea to throw that up there uh people love to just see gameplay and those that complain about the narration being fourth wall breaking or cheesy or whatever like yeah now you can just see what it looks like so it, it makes sense to do it and the thumbnail was hilarious it was john mcmurtry like tied up gagged <laughs> so he's the one who narrated the original trailer so I thought that was entertaining. Yeah, definitely. Uh, and then I'm sure there's no more discussion on that. So the last news bit is uh, that there's been a few tweets from like celebrities or well-known people in the industry praising the 
Sea of Thieves from E3. Um, there's an actor named Keegan Allen who's a he was on a show called Pretty Little Liars here, and I don't I don't know how familiar any of our viewers or listeners would be with that show, but it's a show that I used to watch with Mandy and her sister, and it's actually pretty good mystery. Yeah, I know, but I've never seen it, but um, I've got a friend yeah, who's I mean, telling me to watch it. It, it's aimed at like teenage girls but like honestly there's there's enough murder and mystery and suspense that it's not terrible um i enjoy it but anyway so he was a, a main character in that show and he's tweeting about how much he likes sea of thieves that was his favorite show favorite game from the show huh. also uh alana i think it's alana pierce from ign who's um one of their main podcast hosts and i think she does IGN daily and stuff. She was talking about how, and she like posted a screenshot of a conversation with her mom and how her mom like was really excited by Sea of Thieves watching the E3 coverage and wants to like play it with her. So from a just completely different point of view, like that's just awesome to see. Um, it kind of reminds me of like my own parents wanting to play Donkey Kong country when that came out. Um, you know, just a testament to rare and, and making games that are appealing to people that aren't really into games. Um, so that's cool. Um, and then like one of the co-founders of Epic games was congratulating rare on how awesome see if these was looking in unreal engine. So I don't know. There's probably several others that I missed, but those are the ones that kind of stood out. Yeah, no, that's awesome. Any other stuff from you or are we ready to move forward? We can move on. I think, mate. Okay, cool. Well with that, we'll jump into this week's main topic. Alrighty, so our main topic this week is our little top five lists of the best rare games post Microsoft buyout. Yeah, the basically anything post Star Fox Adventures. Exactly. Um, we we I don't think we put a hard limit on it. I don't think there was anything that said we couldn't do any ports that were released after that time because those were definitely different. I mean, all of them were, um, but. Yeah, we can just go ahead and jump into that. I think the only rules was that it was released after September, was it September 12th, 23rd, something? September 11th, 2002. Okay. So. That was an interesting day. Yeah. Um. Uh, the, yeah, the only other hard rule, obviously, is that we couldn't include Rare Replay, because that's not Yes, fair. you're right. Because that would yeah, be there's... number one, obviously. So. Right, exactly. It's, it's exactly. And it includes games that were released before, that were created by people before. So, no, it, it just was best to exclude it. So, if you want to go ahead and jump into it, you can go ahead and lead off with your number five. We'll discuss and then move on to mine. Yeah, yeah, sure. Okay, so my number five game. Uh, oh, also, let me just say, because we don't know what we've chosen. Oh, yeah. These lists are right. secret. So if I get to a game, because I'm going first, which is the same for you at that position, you may as well just mm-hmm. say straight away, and then we can just okay. discuss totally. it. You know? so yep. Hopefully we won't, because more interesting otherwise, but okay. Mm-hmm. So my number five game is Grabbed by the Ghoulies. Okay. Uh, I didn't... Sorry? I was going to say, that's not not my number five. <laughs> okay, that's fine. Uh, so, yeah, I didn't play this game back when it first came out. Uh, I had an Xbox, but for some reason, I just never got it. Um, <clears throat> I, I didn't, like... I didn't completely turn against Rare or anything at the time. You know, I wasn't one of those fans, but I just, I saw it in a store and it just didn't appeal to me for whatever reason. And, uh, yeah, you know, by the time I thought about picking it up, I'd already sold my original Xbox. And then, yeah, it was just one of those that kind of, it was kind of lost to time to me. Uh, but then, yeah. yeah, when, when Rare Replay came out, I jumped at the chance to, uh, give it a go. And it's actually a really, really good game. It's so much better than I thought just by looking at it. Uh, it's not, I wouldn't say it's the best game that that team put out. Obviously, it was the Banjo team. And mm-hmm. I personally don't think it's as good as Banjo-Kazooie or Banjo-Tooie. But that's not right. to say it's a bad game, you know. It's uh, it's a lot of fun. It's got a really good soundtrack by Grant Kirkhope. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's different and I mean some people call it Rare's answer to Luigi's Mansion which I kind of see but to mm-hmm. me there's enough different and if anything it's more like a beat em up like right. Toad style but you know for the modern era mm-hmm. so uh, I don't know what are your thoughts on this game it's 
it's interesting because I, I mean, I, I never played it originally either. I never had an original Xbox during that era. Um, so my first experience was in Rare Replay. I, I think it's an extremely charming game. It's very well made, um, but it's just, I, I can't get into it. I've tried. I am up to, uh, I don't know how to describe it, but I'm up to like the final corridor in the mansion, I guess, like the main hall um, right before I think you go to the Baron. I'm not totally sure, but like I've played, so I've played plenty of it, but I just, I still don't love it. Um, I'm really bad at it and that might be part of it. <laughs> um, I just die constantly and I, and I can't ever improve. Like I will just replay, 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 and then just get pissed and turn it off. So like, I, I don't know if I just need to seek out like strategy advice or what, but like I've, I've looked up strategies for this specific challenge, this, this last hallway and I can't beat it. And I just, it's too frustrating and I don't like it. So that's takes it down some notches for me because I can't just play it and enjoy it. And that's because of my personal shortcomings as a gamer. So it's too bad, but because like you said, I love the music. I love the charm and, and it, you know, the character design and every, everything about it is great. It's just, I suck. So, <laughs> well, not, not everyone's great at every genre. You know, I'm, I've yeah. said repeatedly on this show, I, I'm not very good at tournament fighters at all. And ditto. And that was, yeah. So I just don't enjoy playing. There's maybe one or two that I've got affection for, like the old Street Fighter games, but mm-hmm. I don't enjoy playing modern tournament fighters especially. So, you know, I guess maybe you're just... And it's hard to categorize this because, as I said, it's sort of like a beat-em-up, but not quite. So whatever right. this is, I guess you're just not very good at Yeah, whatever. Exactly. I, I don't know because, like, I'm, I've played through the Battletoads that are on Rare Replay and, like... They're hard, but I, I beat them both. So, yeah, I'm not sure. <laughs> I don't know. So, anyway, uh, anything else for this one? Or no, no, you, you tell me your five. Dude. Okay, my number five is Diddy Kong Racing DS. Oh, um, okay. And this is, this is kind of revealing, I think, because it's not a super great game in and of itself they, they made a few changes that i think were for the worst but this is more realizing that i just haven't played a lot of the post buyout era games um because thinking back through it it's like i've started grunty's revenge several times but i've never beat it and i didn't really want to assess it based on only having played the first level same um same <laughs> with banjo pilot like i've only just played one race around spiral mountain i've never same. Done yeah <laughs> um and then i never played any of the dkc Game Boy remake, so I can't assess those. Oh, um, what I did play, yeah, I know, I need to, I need to. Um, but what I did assess is that, again, things were just a little different, and I wasn't used to it, so I, I, I can't give it a fair assessment. Okay. Um, and then going, you know, going from there, it's like Ghoulies. I wanted to include, but it's like I just, I just can't. No, like, this have, is meant I to be a personal this whole, favorite list, so right? Don't, don't lie just to fit in with what you think you should say you know exactly and, and i didn't and that's why like this one for for what it is and for as flawed as it is i played through the entire thing i beat the entire thing i did all the, like the custom like pixel art and voice recordings to have like my character say my own sayings and stuff like i really you know gave it everything i had the rumble pack for the ds and used that i mean so yeah i mean it there's not a whole lot to say about it it's um they, they added touch controls where they didn't need touch controls. They changed some music on some levels. They, I mean, it's just some really weird, random choices. Um, and then obviously the, the removal of the Nintendo IPs was whatever. It doesn't, that doesn't really matter. Um, people talk about like the updated characters. And I don't even remember them. <laughs> you know, it's like, oh yeah, there's no Banjo. There's no Conquer. So like, I just played as Diddy the whole time. <laughs> but... Anyway, uh, I don't know. Do you have any thoughts on that game? No, I mean, I played this one a little bit, but I didn't play it all the way through because it kind of, you know, I tried it at a friend's house and I thought, well, mm-hmm. this is a game I love, but not as good. So there's right. no point carrying on. I will one day because that makes me kind of a hypocrite because I said you should play through all the GBA Donkey Kong ports. So yeah, um, I, I will probably pick this up at some point, but um, I'm actually planning to replay the nintendo 64 version this year for the first time in ages so i'd rather just nice. do that before i start you know looking at the ds yeah. version yep yeah i mean just my last little thing like things that were changed like the coin challenges for 
the second balloon on each level. It's like you have to use the stylus or, or your thumb or whatever to tap them on the bottom screen while you're trying to control and steer with and, and hit the gas with your other fingers. So, I mean, it's just design things like that that just don't make sense. Um, they're very difficult. So anyway, uh, yeah, that's pretty much it for that one. Do you want to go ahead with your number four? Yeah. Uh, my number four is Perfect Dark Zero. Okay. I'm guessing that's not the same That for is you. not that's... the same for me. Okay. I'll just make sure every time just in case. Uh, so, yeah, I quite like this game. It's got a lot of bad press, but I think for the time it came out, it was pretty good. It's not a patch on the Nintendo 64 shooters, um, but I think it's a fun game. I, I It took me a while to get into it. It wasn't until Rare Replay I actually played through it properly. Um, but, yeah, I... A lot of the level design is pretty good. Um, the AI is good for the time. Um, I like a lot of the weapons. Uh, I really, really enjoy the nightclub stage. Good, uh, good little soundtrack on that one, and like some fun, fun missions. Um, mm-hmm. And yeah, uh, I, I think the soundtrack for this game overall is actually really, really good. I think the sound design uh, it doesn't get enough credit considering when it came out. And the online multiplayer, yeah. like a lot of people forget, um, pre-Halo 3, Perfect Dark Zero was one of the most popular games on the 360. Hmm, yeah. So, uh, do you have any thoughts on this title yourself? Or I, I do, and unfortunately they're very similar. Um, okay. I, I Not to yours, but to like my previous statements. Like, I just don't... I've tried to get into this one, and I've, I've played through... God, where am I? I'm... I don't know. I'm pretty far into the campaign and I just keep not wanting to pick it back up. And I feel bad because it's like, I love the first Perfect Dark so much and and I want to love this game. And I don't know if it's that I, I didn't play it at launch. So I kind of got used to Call of Duty because um, I think I got it after Modern Warfare 2. Um, okay. So I was kind of into that mindset for console shooters and the evolution of them. So I think that that handicapped me, but I also hate the voice acting. I hate the character changes that they're just none of them are even remotely similar to how they were in the first one and that really bugs me from a consistency standpoint yeah to the point of of not being able to enjoy it but then it's like laughable voice acting quality anyway and and just like cheesy over the top like b actors i don't know because it's like you think the, the voice actors for the first one were rare employees and i feel like they delivered stronger performances than the hired voice actors for the sequel yeah. so um yeah so other than that like i I love the graphics i think it's an amazingly beautiful game um especially for a launch title um obviously it was in the works for years and years and years across three different systems but you know still doesn't take away from how nice the uh you know the specular effects and a lot of different things they had added um i like the like when you're shooting enemies like the armor's kind of flying off to imply their health and stuff like that's an interesting visual element for killing someone um i don't know beyond that controls are just a little too wonky for me uh and like i said just the the story and voice acting and all that um i didn't really have a chance to play it much online i did play a few rounds here and there and and i enjoyed it for the most part um but most people i was playing against were way better than me and it just made it hard because it was just spawn and die okay Okay, fair enough. Uh, one thing I suggest you do is play it yes. through on co-op. Yeah, I do. I would love to do that. That's a lot more fun. I found like I played okay. through the vast majority of this game on co-op. So, well, maybe after Portal Two, we can do that. <laughs> yeah, sounds good to me. Cool. Uh, okay, then what's your number four, dude? My number four is Conquer Live and Reloaded. Very so, good choice. Yeah, it's uh, you know it. Another one that I got late, I got it for the 360 via the old disc back back compat, um, and after the servers had gone offline, and so I, I almost felt guilty putting it on here, but there's enough in it for me to warrant just, you know, I enjoyed playing through the campaign again with the, the slight variations, the different controls, and while I still like the N64 version better, um, I, I love the graphics of this one. like. I, to me, even playing it now, except with the exception of it being in 4x3, it looks like a 360 game. Yeah. Um, it looks like it could pass for a 360 launch title, uh, which right. is a huge testament to the Conquer team and, and 
you know, Sean and Chris and all those people that had originally created it. I don't know how involved they were with the newer one. I think you had asked that at, at the panel, didn't you? That yeah, was kind yep. of, they did more of the multiplayer, right? Or were they? Yeah, yeah. I mean, they were kind of involved with it, um, but, you know, they weren't as hands-on with the main campaign as they were yeah. with the original game. Yeah. But regardless, the, the graphics technology for that on, and what they did with the original Xbox hardware is just very impressive. Um, I don't know that there was any major changes. There was a couple of lines switched out where Conker kind of joked about it. Like very early on, he kind of joked about that he thought this was a straight port. Like there's a difference in instead of having a frying pan, you have a baseball bat and it controls like a more of a modern third person twin stick than how it originally had been. Um, so, you know, the, the variation was enough to enjoy it and the graphics upgrade and all that. So, um, I wish I could have played the multiplayer online. I pretty sure it lets you just kind of mess around with bots, doesn't it? I feel like I played it. Yeah. Yeah. You can, you can play this game. Um, it's fine. It's just, it kind of, it's to me, it's the, the, the live and reloaded stuff, like the extra you know the shooter element it's uh mm-hmm. kind of a bit dull without people to play with yeah so and yeah i feel like i messed around in the multiplayer and had that issue like had that same thought so but either way enjoyed the game enjoyed the re-release of it i'm sad it didn't sell well enough to you know keep it going as a franchise i guess but uh Luckily, the resurgence in popularity of late will hopefully rectify that and get us another one someday. Yeah, totally. Uh, Shall I pipe on with my number three? Yeah, let's move on to number three. Okay. By the way, I've got to say so far, I'm really glad that these lists are quite different. And um, the two games you've included so far, I'll just say they're not on my list. And yeah. the next game I've got, I know won't be on your list because you've never played it. So uh, <laughs> it's worked out quite well. Um, Good. So my number three is Donkey Kong Country 3 for the Game Boy Advance. Okay. The reason I've included that, uh, it's the only it's the only DKC port I've included, and it's because I think this was the by far the best of the three. Now, obviously, of the original Super Nintendo trilogy, Part 2 is and always will be my favorite. Yeah. But for the GBA games, uh, basically, each game was a learning curve. The first... DKC port was not very good Uh, it's still worth playing but it was not very good compared to the original it was kind of ugly, the graphics weren't Mm -hmm. quite there Uh, DKC 2 got things a little bit better um, but there were still cases of like you know some of the graphics were too bright and the soundtrack was really heavily hit they really didn't port that too well now DKC 3 what's interesting is the graphics are almost one to one for the Super Nintendo. They really, really did a good job there. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I don't know if this was maybe because it became it it came out after the SP was released. That would be my guess is the use of the backlight changed yeah. how they approached it. Yeah. Right. So yeah, it's the best looking one. Um and also the soundtrack, instead of doing a botched port of Evelyn Fisher's original soundtrack they actually did a completely new soundtrack from the ground up uh, by David Wise, which yeah. specifically took advantage of the GBA hardware to sound, you know, as good as it could do. Um, you know, instead of like a lot of the SNES work, uh, soundtrack work that he did was specifically based around this sound font he had created for the Super Nintendo. So instead of trying to, you know, redo all that from the ground up on a much inferior sound chip, he just created a new soundtrack, as I say, you know, specifically on this hardware. And it's actually quite glorious. Uh, I'm not usually a fan of changing things from the original versions, but Mm -hmm. to me, this is like, it's so different that it's almost like a, an alternate version. It's a companion piece to the original. Uh, And I think me and Dave talked about this quite a while back in one of the earliest episodes where I said I personally can't pick a favourite soundtrack because some of the songs are better on the GBA some are better on the Super Nintendo mm, Okay. and yeah. uh, have you actually I know you haven't played this but have you heard the GBA I've, soundtrack? Yeah I've listened through most of it and I, I really like it yeah okay um, cool. very, very moving very David Wise-esque obviously so yeah I like it a lot 
I think the way I described it before, uh, it was, I think it was early season two. We did like a Donkey Kong episode of some sort. Yeah. To me, this soundtrack is the perfect halfway point between David's work on Donkey Kong Country 2 and his work on Tropical Freeze. It feels like you can you can hear a lot of the Tropical Freeze elements coming in by yeah. this point. Never thought of that, but yeah, you're right. Especially the uh, the Broadwalk music, like the first uh, first stage mm-hmm. music. It's to me that's very evocative of uh, his Tropical Freeze atmospherics. Yeah, so, yeah, totally. Uh, one other thing about this game, there's a, there's an entirely new world. There's not just like a whole, you know, one more level or something. There's a whole new world, mm-hmm. which they added in, which is That's great awesome. fun. Okay. Yeah. Uh, and um, there's just like a whole load of extras to unlock on top of what was there in the original. So, yeah, love this game. That's great. Yeah, I, I need to play through, like you said, I need to play through all of those. But specifically three, I, I just... <laughs> it's weird like just going off your your first three games on your list like donkey kong country 3 is my least favorite of them and i've I've played through it i think i've beaten it or at least gotten to the end of it and i just still don't love it so maybe i just need to play it on the the gba and, and give it another give it another shot yeah yeah go for it dude. <sighs> yeah i'm going to <laughs> Alrighty, uh moving on into my number three it is, and this one's probably going to surprise everybody, but my number three is Connect Sports Rivals. Um, okay. Yeah. So specifically this one, there, there's just, again, this stems from not having played as many of the post-buyout games, but also just of all of the motion-controlled games that I've played. This is probably the most technologically advanced and most fun for me. Like, the jet skiing in this game alone could have been its own game. Um, and I just, I love how well it responds and how well it, it steers. Like it, it gets your body leaning. It gets your hand for the throttle, like, and it does it extremely well. The physics are good. The water up till Sea of Thieves was like the most beautiful water I'd ever seen in a game. And, uh, yeah. And then like the, the target shooting one is also like just as good like tech tech wise like as far as it can see your finger and you can use your finger as literally like a mouse pointer on the screen and it it works almost flawlessly um the bowling is pretty good i i actually prefer the wii bowling a little bit over this one but it's not bad um the tennis is great it's as good as wii tennis um so i mean not a whole lot to say about that Rock climbing is fun, not my favorite, but it's still enjoyable. But it's just the sum of all the parts, the the tech behind it, the it's a good soundtrack choice that they put together, um, and and the the tech behind creating your champion, your avatar in game was really cool. That it does like a an actual face scan and, and gets your um, you know your details of like the layout of your face and your eye shape and. Your, even your hair it's pretty good at figuring it out so pretty sweet um it's a great package it doesn't quite get the appreciation it deserves because it came out after the dis- after <laughs> i almost said after the disconnect but yeah after the connect was discontinued um right. which i guess we can call the disconnect era we should just coin that now nice. um <laughs> so anyway i don't know have you played it yet i know you, i think you got it in the sale right? right okay so three things first off this didn't come out after the Kinect was discontinued. This came out just before it was discontinued. Okay, it must like, have been like within weeks or month. Like, I mean, yeah. it was what, April of 14? April 2014. But the, the Kinect wasn't uh, removed from the retail version of the three, 360, of the one until like July that year. Okay, well, Cause, um, okay. I, I got mine retail in May. May or June, and I remember specifically looking for a non-connect version, but that hadn't been. I think they perhaps announced they were going to remove it, I, but it hadn't. that must be what it was. Yeah, yeah. I remember um, it was a pretty devastating blow, and I remember thinking that at the time, like, "Damn it! Why couldn't they have finished this at launch? It would have sold so much better." Yeah. So, <sighs> um, yeah. Anyway, I picked this up in the sale a few weeks ago, and I started yeah. playing it. And um, I got to say, I love that David Tennant is the narrator. I think <laughs> yeah. that's just amazing. I mean, okay, he's not doing his doctor voice, but he's still doing his sexy Scottish voice, so it's right. all right. And um, <laughs> I did the creator character thing. Uh, 
Yeah. I think Rare got the coding a little bit wrong because it actually gave me a slightly chubby face. So huh. I think Weird. I think Rare need to work on their coding skills. Uh, but <laughs> <laughs> no, it was fine. It was cool. It was a cool feature. I like the way they did that. But the problem yep. was my room is too narrow and too small to play the game. I tried, yeah, I kind of ran into that too. Yeah, I tried like actually doing it properly, like you know, getting involved in some of the events, and it's just it just won't recognize me. Like I've tried putting the connect at yeah. the other end of the room, but it's just the angle, the way my room's set up, and like the way everything's. You know, I've got like my bed, my TV, my couch, my computer desk, my shelves. Like it's everything's just too enclosed. So if yeah, I want to try this, tough. it's either going to be uh, maybe when my parents go on vacation i'll take it downstairs or when i move out into a new apartment like hopefully later this year um then that'll be different obviously but you know when you're back living with your parents in a room which is quite large but quite full of stuff it's impossible to play yeah i'll give you that like i struggled with the connect placement and where my tv is now versus where it was when i got the game it's like i lost about a foot and a half of space (laughs) Um, in front of it so yeah I, I can't play it quite as well as I could originally but I still enjoy it I still like it um, so so yeah that's let's wrap up number three and move into number two okay so my number two and remember to stop me if this is the same one as you okay my number two is cameo elements of power that is another one not on my list. Okay. <laughs> this, this is, is incredible. <laughs> I know. No, I thought there'd be some more overlap than this. Um, so, yeah, I... <clears throat> Sorry, my throat's, you know. Uh, anyway, uh, this game is great. I did not play it until Rare Replay again. I think it was this. Uh, actually, I'm not going to talk about that because I'm on spawn number one. Okay. <laughs> I'll keep talking. <laughs> uh, yeah, Cameo is just great fun. It's not the best game ever made not right. by a long shot it's right. not even the best rare game well obviously because number two of this era but um <laughs> no it's just it's just great for what it is i really appreciate it it's got mm-hmm. gorgeous visuals for the time yeah, it does. which yeah, have it held does. up pretty well mm-hmm. uh it's got a terrific soundtrack yep uh it's got a killer gameplay hook you know the whole tr- yeah it's kind of like zelda meets pokemon exactly uh, I really enjoy the gameplay. I think it's excellently made, like the the design, the the you know the the coding of the different characters. I think it holds together so well. Mm-hmm. Uh, my only major issue with it is it's so short. Like the areas mm. are so linear and small. Right. Um, it kind of feels like much like Star Fox Adventures. It feels like they tried to do their own spin on Zelda. But they didn't quite get the sort of scale and freedom, right? Right, yeah. That, so, that's a good assessment of it. Okay, so I, I guess that's a segue into me asking, like, how, how do you feel about <laughs> the game? Sure. Well, <laughs> since you're asking, um, I, I do enjoy it. I also didn't play it until Rare Replay, and uh, I still haven't beat it. But I've played a few hours into it. I've probably played three or four hours into it, and maybe not quite that much, but we'll say two to three hours and, and I'm enjoying it. I'm getting through it pretty quickly. I think when I was playing it, um, the, the fantasy kind of thing other than Zelda, I don't really get into many fantasy games and, and I, I love, like you said, the gameplay hook and, and the visuals and all that stuff, but I just couldn't quite, I don't know. It just didn't quite motivate me to keep playing. Um, I will at some point go back into it and finish it because I want to. And, and I, I do enjoy it, um, but as of now, like I still only have the the core three monsters. So, um, yeah, I don't know. It's like you said, great soundtrack, great visuals, great gameplay. Um, just a little linear and a little a little lacking in just some sort of magic sauce. Some something not quite there. So, anyway, uh, that's pretty much all i've got for cameo uh so okay, from well, there i'll move into tell me? my yeah. yeah my number two and that is gonna be viva pinata which i'm curious if that's gonna be number one or not but um viva pinata is another one again that i didn't get until rare replay or didn't play until rare replay but absolutely fell in love with it like just it is so charming and relaxing and it's like 
the perfect thing to de-stress at the end of the uh, terrible day at work or whatever like you just it's therapeutic it's you know there's not a whole lot of <laughs> gameplay per se because it's it's more like a rts where you're commanding things and setting things up to put things in motion but like you know the challenge of getting the things you need or saving up or you know strategizing which ones you want to try and attract um and just the music and the graphics just it's it's mesmerizing it's like drugs in a video game yeah, that's a good assessment. This isn't my number one, by the way. Uh, okay. But I I completely agree. This is a terrific game. Very underrated. Uh, I think this was probably Rare's most successful new IP under Microsoft so far. Um, uh, Connect Sports would have been. But yeah, as far as like, if you... Okay. Um, yeah. <laughs> in terms of fan and critical recognition, Connect Sports probably <laughs> sold better. Okay, yeah. Yes, I would agree with that. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I love this game, and I think it's kind of almost a crime that there isn't a modern version. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I know Rare are busy on Sea of Thieves, but I don't know. I think this is the kind of game you could probably farm out to a studio with the right level of trust. To That's true. And yeah. I just think it would work so well, that especially, I don't know. I mean, I think in this day and age, they could do a companion app on smartphones totally. uh, and that would be like so much fun just to like keep working on your garden when you're out the house mm-hmm. uh, yeah that, w- that would be cool if it just had a quote-unquote mobile version of it um but that the garden could be synced across uh, something like that would be really cool or, or like you said just some sort of companion to where it's not quite the full experience but you could work on I don't know leveling something up or improving something or I don't know managing would be pretty cool yeah but. and I think uh, also with the power of the Xbox One uh, I'd love to see like really big gardens with a lot more detail yes uh, and, yep. and like I, I think it worked for this game like the size were fine for like the first attempt but mm-hmm. i personally i'd love to see like you know maybe like six or seven times bigger yeah no oh, it would be it would be awesome like or even you know sectioned off areas that can interact with each other but like maybe you can limit things to not be able to wander and like put a fence around something like yeah even if it was just a bigger garden that you could fence off more efficiently something like that to add an element of you know because it's like this one you could make a water-based garden but then you'd have to like put the whole ground to be water to attract a certain water type but then you can't get that water type to naturally appear in the another one and you know you have to jump between gardens and stuff so yeah i think if you can kind of merge those two aspects um would be pretty sweet yeah i mean i just i really like the idea of the garden becoming more of like a valley you know, just having your own yeah. valley and just yeah. like like a, a ranch almost. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you you could do yeah, Viva Pinata Three Ranch Animals. That's the best title, okay. by the way. They gotta go with right. That. They have to. <laughs> um, and it would suit. You know the the kind of mascot for the game is Horstachio, and horses are never more at home than on a ranch. So it's true. Yeah, I don't know. I'm just saying. Like, I'd love to see another another game. Sorry, I've Absolutely. kind of stole your your thing. No, away. no, it's good. I'm I'm pretty much done with my assessment. Um, I w- I too would love a, a modern update to it. Um, taking the movie, taking the franchise forward. I amazingly still haven't played the sequel. I probably would have put the sequel as number two if I'd played it because everybody says it's just basically the first one but better. Um, but still haven't played it. So, okay, okay. Uh, shall I do my number one? Yeah, go ahead. Okay, so my number one is Viva Piñata Trouble in Paradise. <laughs> nice. There you go. It was really hard not to let that slip, by the way, <laughs> for the last five minutes. That's really funny. It's even more funny once I said what I said leading into this. <laughs> yeah, perfect segue. And we honestly didn't know for anyone listening. No. So. I, uh, I, as I said before, and I think this might have kind of given it away, this was coming. Viva Piñata was my favorite new IP on, uh, you know, since... Rare left Microsoft. Uh, yeah. Sea of Thieves might be edging it over now, but it's not. I'm not going to count that because it's not anywhere near release level yet. So, right. Uh, Trouble in Paradise. It's basically the first game, but better. Like you said, it's just like everything works better. You've got multiple gardens, although 
it's not quite as elegant as the situation you kind of described just then. It's like you leave your garden to go to an Antarctic garden, but it's like it's not the same. Oh yeah, I forgot about that. Yeah. Yeah, there's Antarctic and desert. Desert. Yeah. But like they're not actually gardens that you own. They're just they're garden-sized areas where these rare ice and desert-specific pinatas will show up, and you have to like catch them via different means to bring them back to your garden. Right. So it's uh, it's fun, but it's not as expansive as it could have been. But no, right. overall the the game is great, and like there's much more of a narrative drive to the main game because there's like a mission structure. So okay. you like train your pinatas up and send them out on these missions. Uh, kind of like, uh, did you play? You know, on Assassin's Creed Black Flag, you mm. know, there's that companion app. I think it's is yeah, it, is, Kenway's is it in the game fleet. Or? Yeah, it's you can send stuff to Kenway. Was it Kenway? Whatever. You can send stuff to his fleet, and then yeah. you can tie it to the mobile game. Yes. Yeah. 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 So that kind of along those lines where. You don't get to see or interact with these missions, but it describes the kind of pinata it needs. You send them away, and that gives you rewards and more coins and stuff. And yeah, nice. it's, yeah, it's really good. And uh, I don't really have much more to say. It's kind of you know we covered it with the first game. This is just yeah. that, but better. Yep. And so. I have heard that, and I can't wait to play it and experience it because it looks awesome. So. From there, I guess we can go into my number one, which I'm sure you can guess. Yep. Banjo-Kazooie Nuts and Bolts. And, uh, you know, I've talked about it plenty of times on the show and and why it's my favorite of this era. And uh, essentially, I love building stuff in games. Like I was talking about Minecraft earlier. Um, This game is definitely similar in the reward structure and and satisfaction of minecraft um not quite the same not one-to-one of like you can go find whatever you want or need and then put it together but like yeah building things to do challenges and then building better ones to do the challenges better it's just it's been infinitely more rewarding than i ever expected it would have been and even you know i played it when it came out and i enjoyed it and i didn't understand all the hate on it but um getting it back on backwards compatibility and just playing it all last well, two summers ago and then just continuing to play it over the last couple of years to the to the point of actually 100%ing the main part of it almost finished 100%ing the uh, DLC at this point um, to, I don't know it's just it's a really fun incredible game that I think doesn't get the recognition it deserves as a game um, because of the banjo IP use and people <clears throat> expecting banjo 3 e etc etc but um, I, I love it and I will defend it that it is a great game um, so I don't know what are your thoughts well no um, arguments for me I think this is yeah. a great game <clears throat> I pretty much as far as I can remember I think I 100%ed the base retail game but I didn't quite do everything on the DLC so I've played this a lot um, I adore it and it was very hard not to include this on my list it was a tough choice between this and Ghoulies I ultimately went with Ghoulies because I just think Ghoulies was a little bit more original and, you know, it's yeah. kind of, I don't know, it just, it had the slight edge for me, but Nuts and Bolts is definitely way up there. Uh, yeah. <clears throat> I completely disagree with anyone who rips into this game. And I think, unfortunately, there's kind of this internet hive mind that's built up over the last decade yeah. where it's kind of like, you know, I'd say like more than 50% of the people ripping into it have never played it they've right. just read about it or seen videos it's kind of like sonic 06 it's just become popular to hate now sonic 06 is a much worse game but it's not as bad okay. as people say and it's right yeah nuts and bolts it's it's not my personal favorite game obviously yeah but i'd say it's still a solid eight out of ten for me at, at least for yeah and i would think that that would be at least what it should be for most people based on playing it. my biggest gripe with it and the, the reason it's not quote-unquote perfect game which is it's not a perfect game but like other than the mission structure being a little kind of a pain in the ass to have to go in and out of the world to get to different objectives like i understand them trying to kind of stick to the old formula but 
I would have rather been able to just kind of access a list of the objectives after I've completed them, something like that. Other than that, the physics are the only thing that kill it for me. There's just some real wonkiness with the collisions, and it actually kind of reminds me of when I played Again, I've only played the demo of Sonic Adventure 1, but like the issue I always ran into is if you like touch a wall, you just stop dead in your tracks. Um, that happens a lot in this game, and that that's really the only complaint I have is you have to restart challenges a lot if you just screw up just slightly. There's not much room for recovery. Right. Okay. But other than that, like you can you can get good and you can find ways around it or just kind of finesse your creation to be a little more forgiving. So it's not the end of the world. Yeah, no, fair enough. Uh, like I say, I, I love it. It just narrowly missed out on my top five. Yeah. Um, did we have any games crossover at we all? We had zero games overlap. Wow. That was incredible. <laughs> it's actually amazing. I didn't I didn't expect that going in. I'm curious what Dave's are. I'm sad that well, you Well, should we it. read them out? Because him and Clay have both given, them, given us their top five. Well, which... absolutely. Let's do that. I didn't realize I don't read the chat. <laughs> Okay, so for this, um, we'll go very quick. We won't discuss them, but uh, I will be Dave and you will be Clay. Okay, sounds good. Yep. Okay, so I'm Davy Jones, and my number five is Banjo Kazooie: Nuts and Bolts. Clay. Oh, yeah. Uh, well, so mine is also Banjo Kazooie: Nuts and Bolts. I'm Clay. <laughs> wow. Um, okay. Uh, my interesting choice, Clay, you're copying me. My number four would be (laughs) grabbed by the ghoulies because Kirk. No, wrong, wrong. (laughs) Uh, my my number four is perfect dark zero. As if I'm wrong. (laughs) How dare you, Clay? You insulted my honor. <laughs> my number three is actually Perfect Dark Zero. <laughs> well, my number three is Saber Wolf. I have actually never played that one, Clay. Interesting choice. My number two is Banjo Kazooie, Grunty's Revenge. Have you been copying me? That's also my number two. <laughs> not been copying you buddy my number one is cameo elements of power mm. okay dude sorry i gotta go play a show i'll be back later okay i'm back my number one is grabbed by the ghoulies okay let's never do those voices again <laughs> yeah I, I realize i don't know how to impersonate clay i gotta work on that no, you got that one earlier. Wrong, dude. Wrong. You got that <laughs> spot on. Yeah, there's 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 bursts of promise. All right. Yeah. So that's uh Dave and Clay as performed by Jeff and Kev. Wow, I almost couldn't say our names. Um Yeah, so those are the Rare and Friends post buyout era best games from Rare. Holy crap. Um yeah. so yeah comment below tell us how awful they were if you're on youtube if you're on itunes you can't so ha sucks um anything else you want to go over discuss kind of just break down our list discuss why uh well i'm not interested in revisiting the lists uh because i think you know we discussed it (laughs) yeah we just yeah (laughs) but uh i would like to say that i hope for anyone listening who may be more of the nintendo persuasion who maybe doesn't you know think of much as their more recent work uh i'd say look guys our lists have clearly shown that there's a lot of fun to be found in rare products post 2002 uh i personally like the top few games in my list would be amongst the top few of my rare games overall so yeah just guys if if you if you haven't played these games just do yourself a favor go out and get an xbox one get rare replay you know, some of the old Game Boy Advance games are still pretty easy to find. Uh, yeah, there, there's so much, so much good stuff that's come from around the last 15 years. And I think you're doing yourself a disservice as a gamer if you choose not to play it. Well said, well said. Um, I basically echo those sentiments and I hope that anyone who is a 
kind of more of a Nintendo Rare fan has listened to this, I, I kind of doubt it, but we'll hope. We will hope. Uh, from there, let's move into our... Um, forget what it's called. Due diligence. There we go. Uh, just go ahead and give us a follow like if you enjoyed the show. Uh, subscribe to us or whatever it is on the social media platform of your choosing. Um, we can be found on Instagram occasionally, not very often. Uh, Twitter, a little more often. Facebook, every so often. YouTube, weekly, and sometimes a little more if we're feeling creative. And uh, yeah, we can be found on iTunes, Google Play, and other reputable podcast locations through RSS feed. So uh, thank you for tuning in as always. And we will be back next week with another amazing, incredible episode. So stay tuned, everyone. And thanks for joining. See you next time.